Earlier this week, I looked at the 2022 quarterback room. Today, we're peeking into the completely overhauled 2022 running back room. After talking about the coaches with the Locked On Big 12 guys, I'm giving my rankings of the Big 12 coaches and a Big 12 basketball weekend preview all on today's episode of Locked On Pokes. Thanks for making Locked On Pokes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You are Locked On Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cowboy fans? Welcome to the Locked On Pokes podcast, your daily Oklahoma State podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Little Godfrey. I contribute to Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life newsletter. I am a very loud and obnoxious Oklahoma State fan. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindellians. You can follow the show at Locked underscore on underscore pokes on Twitter or find the show on the Locked On Pokes Facebook page. Make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite listening app to get the latest shows every weekday here with Locked On Pokes. So the 2022 running back room is going to look extremely different from the 2021 running back room. We're losing Jalen Warren, LD Brown, and Desmond Jackson. They're all out of Stillwater onto their next journeys. The three of those running backs made up for 80% of our run plays last season for the Cowboys in 2021. We know this. We saw Jalen Warren completely take over that backfield to start the season. I mean, it took a couple non-conference games, but once he kind of took over, that was really all she wrote for the uh, running backs for Oklahoma State in 2021. Warren led the Big 12 in forced missed tackles. He completely changed the dynamic of Oklahoma State's offense when he was on the field. He raised the stock of that entire offense he was a threat. He Defenses knew they had to pay attention to him. He completely altered that Oklahoma State offense. He also raised his own draft stock. I think that's marked by the fact that he got the coveted combine invite. He just really played himself into, I mean, he played himself into the starting role at Oklahoma State early and then played himself into NFL contention the rest of the season. It was fantastic to watch. But like I said, he and LD Brown and Desmond Jackson are all out of Stillwater, so where does that leave the running back room for 2022? Returning for the Cowboys are Dominic Richardson. He'll be a junior next year. Last season, Richardson ran the ball 67 times for 239 yards and two touchdowns. His biggest game came against Texas Tech when he got the chance to carry the Rock 20 times for 84 yards. He also caught two passes for 20 yards in that contest. Also returning is Jaden Nixon. He was a true freshman for the Cowboys in 2021. He got snaps against Kansas and TCU. From what we saw from Jaden Nixon in 2021, he is shifty. He is fast. He broke off a 63-yard touchdown run against TCU. He finished that game with three carries for 69 nice yards and one touchdown. I'm excited to see what he continues to do for the Cowboys. I liked the chances that he got last year, but I'm ready to see him get some more opportunities in that backfield. I think he'll be that kind of quick guy that can 
make a game change, the script of a game change in a matter of a minute. So I'm excited to see what Oklahoma State does with him. New to the Oklahoma State running back room this season is Ollie Gordon, a 6'1", 210-four-star recruit out of Texas that signed with the Cowboys in mid-December. Ollie Gordon received offers from several other Big 12 schools, Iowa State, Kansas, TCU, Texas Tech, as well as soon-to-be Big 12 opponents BYU and Houston. He is the highest-rated player in Oklahoma State's 2022 class, and he's ranked as the number 10 running back nationally. I'm super hyped up about Gordon's potential, especially in this offense. I think that there is a path for him to be the star of this backfield, especially if he hangs around and he doesn't leave for the transfer portal. I think Mike Gundy will probably work him and C.J. Brown, who we're going to talk about in just a moment, into a couple games this season, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them get some some uh, rest this season. Though I do ultimately believe in Ollie Gordon's skill set and his talent and what he'll bring to Oklahoma State, I think he has the potential to be a really, really solid college running back. C.J. Brown, another unanimous four-star, this time out of Oklahoma. Brown is ranked as the number 20 running back nationally. Rivals and 247 Sports have Brown listed as the number six player in Oklahoma. ESPN has him as number nine, but top 10, no matter how you cut that. Other Big 12 schools that offered Brown include Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas State, and TCU. I would love for C.J. Brown to come to Oklahoma State and just ball out all the way, especially, you know, an Oklahoma kid not getting an offer from an Oklahoma four-star kid, for that matter, not getting an offer from both Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. I would love for him to just dominate at the next level and uh, for Oklahoma to you know, cry into their pillow at night because they didn't offer C.J. Brown. Very excited about both of those young guys coming into the room and to see what Oklahoma State does with him. There's still a possibility that the Cowboys attempt to bring a transfer in, much like they did with Warren last season. The Cowboys did attempt to pick up a Stanford transfer. They offered Nathaniel Pete as soon as he hit the transfer portal, but he ended up at Missouri As the room stands now, and this is, I mean, purely speculation, I suspect that Richardson will be the lead back for the Cowboys. I think Nixon will play that kind of change of pace role when you bring somebody in on maybe second down and give them a chance to kind of break through and and get a big run for the Cowboys. But I think that Richardson will probably be the quote-unquote lead running back, even if both of them get plenty of opportunity. If Gordon and or Brown have stellar spring camps, we may see them get worked in early in the season, but I suspect that Mike Gundy will let them spend some time with the team, spend some time with Coach Glass, beef them up a little bit, play them sparsely, kind of like we saw him do with Nixon this last season. I think there's lots of talents in the Cowboy running back room, but it does lack a true veteran presence and somebody that that can be that, like, I've been here before, I've been doing this a while kind of guy, doesn't mean that somebody's not going to step up. I don't, I'm not implying that at all. I'm sure that somebody in that room will step up and be that leadership role. But when 
from like a national standpoint or a media standpoint, looking at the running backs right now for Oklahoma State, it's hard to pinpoint which guy is going to come out on top and be that leading voice in that room this season. I hope that Richardson is able to get that done. He's definitely got the most experience. So it'll just come down to does he have, you know, the boots to fill a leadership role, which is different. It's, it's not the same as being a good running back. You have to be able to communicate and be able to uplift and reprimand and and do, and correct and teach and all these things that you don't necessarily think about, but when you're the you're the upperclassman now, you are in charge of that running back room unless they bring some graduate transfer in. As it stands right now, Richardson will be in charge of that leading role. I think he has it in him. I liked what we saw last year from him, so I'm not worried about his on-the-field play, but it'll be interesting to see if he can get everybody kind of riled up and ready to go like we know a veteran needs to be able to do. Next up, I am giving my 2022 Big 12 coaches rankings. But first, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, and you know he's going to land somewhere every fired coach ends up with another coaching job. I'm not sure why that is, but it is it is that way. <laughs> You can find all of that on betonline.net. It's the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey and boxing and UFC odds. Plus, right now, the Olympics are going on. You can get Olympic coverage on BetOnline.net. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends, don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Pokes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So earlier this week when I got together with the other Big 12 hosts, we talked about the best Big 12 coach who it was heading into the 2021 season. Of course, this exercise was a result of Dave Aranda inking his extension with Baylor. We're just I'm just going to get it out of the way. We're going to go from top to bottom. This is no bias. I mean, maybe a little bias, but I'm going to be no bias. Mike Gundy is the best coach in the Big 12 headed into the 2020 season. I don't think there's any argument for any other coach right now over Mike Gundy in the Big 12. He has produced consistent results every season. Under Mike Gundy, the Cowboys have been to a bowl game every single season that he's coached the team except for his first. In those bowl games, they've gone 11 and 5. Gundy has a total record of 149 and 69. Nice. Again, two nice one episode. Since becoming head coach 17 seasons ago, he is consistently under-recognized for the job that he's done at Oklahoma State from a national level. I know us Oklahoma State fans know what he's done, but I think national media and media in general sees that he can't always get it done against the Sooners, and that's that's like the end of the investigation for them. I'm not sure, but... 
For some reason, Mike Gundy never gets the appreciation that I think he deserves. And I know that we have all had seasons where we want to rip our hair out. We're like, Mike Gundy, what are you doing? But at the end of the day, what he has done for Oklahoma State, it's it's undeniable. And I think he does not get the recognition that he deserves for what he's done. He is by and far the best Big 12 coach headed into the 2020 season. He has the best resume. He's done the best with what he's had. I mean, just in every facet of the game, it has been Mike Gundy for the Big 12 headed into the 2022 season. At number two, give me Matt Campbell, Iowa State. Lest we forget that Matt Campbell was a piping hot name during the peak coach hiring season. He's even been involved in NFL coaching rumors. In his six seasons with the Cyclones, he's taken them to five straight bowl games, an Iowa State record. In 2021, ISU finished the season ranked number nine in the AP poll. That's their highest finish ever. Matt Campbell turned Iowa State into a Big 12 contender, and he's now done it for several years consistently. Like Mike Gundy, it's this is a consistency ranking to start. This list is a little nuanced, so just bear with me. At number three, give me Dave Aranda for Baylor. I still believe that the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, was a huge, very important piece of the Baylor Bears' success in 2021. But Jeff Grimes bought into Aranda, and that was enough for his players to do so as well. He took the Bears from a two-win team to a Big 12 championship game where they won the Big 12 championship. The Bears also had their highest AP poll finish at number six this season. I like Aranda a lot. I think he is a good coach. His players seem to want to play for him. If he can duplicate last season's success, he'll be neck and neck with Matt Campbell, in my opinion. But I would like to see him kind of make that happen again. Make sure it's not fluky. See some consistency in his coaching. At number four, at number four, this is about to start getting it starts getting real nuanced from four to ten. So at number four, give me Brent Venables, Oklahoma. Campbell and Aranda get the nod over Venables based on what they've done as head coaches so far, bringing their teams from kind of dumpster fire level to relevancy. Meanwhile, Venables has handed the keys to a team that's always been a contender. I think he'll be a really good head coach, but it is never a guarantee. I know he has had success as an assistant coach, but we have seen many a brilliant coordinator turned horrendous head coach. He's got a good foundation. He has made the right football, maybe not off the field, but for speaking specifically to football, he has made the right hires for his coaching staff. He's been heavily sought after, but his actual head coaching resume remains to be seen. We don't know what he's going to bring to the table as a head coach. And like I said, we've seen plenty of offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators struggle to put it all together from a head coaching standpoint. So time will tell with Venables. He has done everything right up until this point. I would be surprised if he crashes and burns as a head coach, but there are no guarantees in football. Number five, give me Chris Kleinman, Kansas State. Kleinman was tasked with replacing the legendary Bill Snyder for the Wildcats after he retired for the second time in 2018. Kleinman has coached two eight-win seasons, but 
In between those two eight wins in 2020, Kansas State only grabbed four wins. It remains to be seen if Kleinman is the answer at Kansas State, but he's doing well enough. He's doing a well enough job not to lose his job. Like, that's where he falls in these rankings. It's just like average. It's the very median. Median? Medium? I don't know. I wasn't very good at math. At number six, and I think I could really flip a coin here. So number six slash number seven, depending on the day. I'm going to go with my gut and say Joey McGuire, Texas Tech. Now, he has got no college head coaching experience. He's been the assistant Baylor coach since 2017. Prior to that, McGuire head coached a Texas high school team for 14 seasons. The thing with that is, in his time in Texas, it's proved to be huge for recruitment. Unfortunately, because of the way that college football is set up and when he got his job, that recruitment isn't going to pay off until 2023. But I think if McGuire can keep pace with Texas Tech's 2021 season and even a small step forward, the future could be really bright for them. If he can recruit, or I mean, if he can, sorry, if he can coach as well as he has shown he can recruit, Texas Tech made a lights out hire. Number seven or number six, again, depending on the day, Sonny Dykes, TCU. Now, this coach does have some head coaching experience, take, but he is taking over for longtime TCU coach Gary Patterson. Sonny Dykes has also built a good coaching staff, but TCU did get bit a little bit by the transfer portal after the 2021 season. Gary Patterson was always praised for his defenses, and in 2021, that defense was less than inspiring. Sonny Dykes will need to boost the defense and continue the offensive success for TCU in 2022. I think he has it in him, but it's going to take a while for, for that team to fully come together. At number eight, give me Lance Leopold for Kansas. I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I wanted to put Lance higher on this list, but you just can't make it happen right now. 2021 was maybe the first time in years that Kansas was fun to watch. They were putting up fights to start games. They were pushing late if it was still close more than one time this season. It wasn't just like one game. There were several games that remained close until the third quarter. And although the Jayhawks only finished with two wins last year, I think Lance has a chance to continue to turn this program around. The players seem to enjoy playing for him. They play hard. They play till the last minute. The biggest of those two wins was, of course, the win against Texas in Austin. That'll generate excitement in any fan base, even one that's only won two games. It's also going to generate excitement for a coach, for guys that you're recruiting. When you see like, okay, clearly this coach is tasked with turning this program around. They've never been a high caliber football program and they went in and beat Texas in Austin. What's that coach doing? What's that team doing? And, and is it something that can help me? So it's definitely a plus in every category. If he can double his wins this season with KU, if, if KU can pull off four wins in 2022, that will be a major victory. In my opinion for Lance Leopold, I have faith in him that he can do that. I really enjoyed watching him this season as a coach. So I hope that he continues to find some success at Kansas. Number nine, Steve Sarkeesian, Texas. <laughs> to put it simply, he kind of fell flat on his face his first season head coaching the Longhorns. 
Yet, after the disaster of a season that they had, losing to KU at home, he still managed to pull a pretty good 2022 class, headlined by quarterback Quinn Ewers. Unfortunately for Sarkeesian, if he stumbles again in 2020, with the cast that he's assembled, he'll have he'll have no excuses. There's going to be nothing to blame this on. So if he can't get it done with the 2022 team, I'm not sure that Sarkeesian has a future with Texas as their head coach. So the question, the age-old question, is Texas back, still remains. We always can't wait to find out. And then finishing up the pack at number 10, Neil Brown for West Virginia. Since becoming the West Virginia head coach, Brown has a 17-18 and 18 record. They've got a new offensive coordinator this season, a true freshman quarterback, and they lost a handful of wide receivers. If that's not a recipe for disaster, I don't know what is. If you're a coach who is on the hot seat and you have to win, that is so not what you want to have in like your back pocket. You know when you have something up your sleeve? Neil Brown may not have anything left up his sleeve. It'll be interesting to see what West Virginia does this season. There was a lot of fun turnover in the Big 12 after the 2021 season. Lincoln Riley leaving threw a wrench in the Big 12. Texas Tech fired their head coach before the season even ended. Gary Patterson provided entertainment until the very last minute. 2022 will be a fun season, especially as we continue to duke it out for the nation's leadership rights when OU and Texas leave for the SEC. Coming up, a preview of the Big 12 basketball weekend. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like some weird chemical spill, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better as they're coated in 100% chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, that's LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. I am going to try to get through these previews rather quickly. I'm really just highlighting the games for this weekend. Big 12 Saturday has a ton of fun basketball games scheduled. So starting first with Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State fell to Kansas State earlier this month, 71-68. to And yes, I am still bent out of shape about it. The Wildcats have won four of their last five games and are looking for an NCAA tournament berth. And the Cowboys, of course, as we know, are not looking for an NCAA tournament berth. Uh, They're trying to fight through the end of a season that won't reward their work. So these teams match up pretty well, as we saw in the first matchup with K-State. But if the Cowboys team that played West Virginia last Saturday shows up 
in Gallagher-Iba Arena on Saturday. I think this game belongs to Oklahoma State. They're going to have to come with some serious, uh, some serious mental strengths on Saturday because of the season coming to a close and and Kansas State really trying to get their NCAA bid. So I can imagine that this is going to be another tough one for the Cowboys. Show up at Gallagher-Iba, make a lot of noise, show them that we are with them through this tough bullshit of a season. I apologize. That was aggressive, but it's how I feel. Just go be with them, cheer for them, root them on, let Mike Boynton know that we are behind him 100%. This is the time, this is the game to do that at right now. Next up, number six, Kansas at West Virginia. As a team that just had to face Kansas, I do not envy the Mountaineers in this matchup. To end January, Kansas bested West Virginia 85-59. to The only two losses, though, that the Jayhawks have this season have come on the road, and West Virginia did hang with number seven Baylor earlier this month. So maybe we're due for a big upset win. Upset win. The last time these two teams faced off, Kansas held West Virginia's highest scorer, Taz Sherman, to only five points. That's a good 13 points less than his game average this season. If we know anything about Big 12 basketball, literally anything can happen. So that's a game that feels like you could go ahead and wrap a bow on that's going to end up surprising everybody. Oklahoma at Iowa State. Both teams sit at 4-9 and nine in the Big 12. The Sooners are coming off a brutal overtime loss to number 20 Texas, while the Cyclones are coming off a close win with TCU. The two teams met in early January when the Sooners came away with a 79-66 win. Much like the other unranked Big 12 teams, besides, of course, the ineligible Oklahoma State, Both teams are doing all they can to secure the most wins and in particular good wins to add to their resume before the NCAA tournament selection. This is one of my favorite matchups this weekend that doesn't involve my team at all. The other game I'm looking forward to outside of our Oklahoma State Cowboy game is number 11 Texas Tech at number 20 Texas. Texas Tech came away with the win the first time these teams matched up this season. 77 to 64. The biggest storyline between these two teams, or at least the biggest storyline that speaks to the game itself being played on the court, is that Texas has only lost one home game this season, while Texas Tech has gone two for five on the road. Meanwhile, when these two met in February earlier this year, there was chatter that the head coaches, Chris Beard and Mark Adams, had a bit of a confrontation leading up to the game. So feuding coaches, two top 25 teams, NCAA tournament bid spots on the line. What more could you ask for? That is the perfect recipe for a fun Big 12 basketball game. I'm, I'm jacked up. I'm looking forward to that one. TCU at number seven, Baylor. Baylor is coming off an 83-73 to 73 loss to Texas Tech. And TCU is coming off a 54-51 loss to Iowa State. So both teams are looking to bounce back this weekend. When these two met earlier this season, the Bears really put the game away in the second half and ended up winning 76-64. I think Baylor is likely far more pissed off than TCU following each team's most recent loss. 
And that's not ideal for a rebound team. And if you've ever been the rebound girlfriend, you know what I'm talking about. It is not the place you want to be. This Saturday's slate of games is an absolute banger and will likely be a reminder of how much fun Big 12 basketball is, but also how tough it can be to win. I am looking forward to me, my couch, and my Big 12 on the TV all day Saturday. Make sure to check back in next week. We're going to talk about the wide receiver room. We're going to talk about offensive line, the offensive coaching staff. Lots more to talk about. Thanks for making Locked on Pokes your first listen every day. Now head to your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Remember, you can find me on Twitter at Lindellians or follow the show page at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter. I will talk to you all on Monday. Go Pokes!